The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. If you're interested and passionate about green and environmental matters, then this is the podcast for you. If you're new to the agenda and you're looking for some enlightenment delivered via the conduit of interesting and sometimes stimulating conversation, then you've found the right place. And if you are one of those first timers, here's a brief explainer. This series essentially is about the views, campaigns and inner thoughts of one man. Dale Vince, the entrepreneur and environmentalist built his success in the green energy sector. He's the owner of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company. He's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. And as you would expect on each episode, we bring you the dominating issues from the biggest agenda on the planet right now, the environment and climate change. Dale, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Ian. You? Yeah, good at this end. And I thought we could... I I don't want us to get into that territory where we become music DJs, but um, (laughs) I thought it might be nice if we... Just starting with this. Minus life out here crazy. I saw the animals suffering, so I go vegan to save them. But nobody listens to me. They don't care what I have to say. So I sit here and I contemplate what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna make this a better day. How I'm gonna help the world, how I'm gonna help you change, how I'm gonna help the animals, the people. Well, hey, I don't know if we're gonna make it to the next level because the world is dying. Kids out here fighting for the climate, but y'all don't listen, you think they're lying. Vest into this lifestyle, millions have walked before you. It's something that you wanna do. Because let's face it, a guilty conscience does not look good on you. There's only one thing left to do. Go vegan, man. There's a reason we play that. It's actually called Go Vegan by somebody called J.P. Singer. Um, and, of course, this ties in with a curious bet that you've uh, you, you've put on the table, Dale. What's this all about? Yeah, this is a bet that I made uh, this week that by 2030, half of our country, half of Britain's, will be vegan so it's just 10 years from now and it sounds like a very bold prediction or bet uh, but i don't think that it is if you look at the underlying data if you look at what's happened in the last few years and some of the projections that are out there then i think it's only mildly uh, optimistic yeah i mean we've seen huge changes i mean i'm even in the last one year but i mean if you the last five you know it wasn't that long ago that i mean vegetarianism was quite a hard sell for some people um if you went into vegan territory they'd look at you as if you just shot their dog yeah i mean the rate of change in the last two or three years has been incredible actually in terms of the awareness of the issues the, uh, the the rate of adoption the media coverage and the availability of products and all of these factors are driving it particularly the availability uh you know we've We've spoken before you and I about how hard it was 30 years, 40 years ago to yeah. get something vegetarian. Today, you you know you can't you, know, you can't help yourself trip over vegan and vegetarian options. Doesn't even matter where you are. You could be in KFC, my God, and still find a vegan burger. And this is all helping the the rate of adoption. And when I made the prediction, I didn't look at what's happened the last two or three years and just say it'll carry on like that. 
I've assumed that we're in a virtuous spiral and the rate of change will be exponential. It is at the moment and I think that will carry on. And that's why I think in just 10 years, we'll have reached that tipping point where more than half of us are vegan. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because many of the arguments around it, I, I suppose initially, it, it was very much kind of almost exclusively animal rights. That would have been what took people into the, on, onto the road to vegetarianism and then onto veganism. People always talked about slaughter methods and the morality of all of that. But the agenda is actually far wider now. Yeah, that's right. That's how it happened for me as a kid. I just found the idea of killing and eating animals just to be completely wrong and to be a little bit revolting as well. You know, I'd be chewing animal body parts as a kid and saying to my parents, oh, I think I just like chewed a vein or something and was met with the most aggressive uh, disgust at what I just said. And I, I was really shocked by that because I thought, well, surely it's just factual. If I can put it in my mouth, if I can swallow it, surely I can talk about it. And then maybe 20 years ago, the climate started to creep in and we became aware that factory farming was one of the biggest single causes of the climate crisis. And then subsequently, all manner of other sustainability crises, you know, shortage of water, deforestation, wildlife extinction, all of that kind of stuff. And then thirdly, more recently, I would say maybe in the last 10 years, the amount of evidence has been mounting up around the impact on human health. Yeah. Uh, meat and dairy diets are linked to the major chronic illnesses that affect us in later life diabetes, heart disease, cancer, you name it, some mm. awful diseases. And we can avoid these largely. We can reduce our chance of getting them massively by changing our diet. So there are three reasons. And uh, when it comes to music, uh, I often find myself saying reasons to be vegan. And I think of Ian Drury. And, uh, <laughs> Sick, yes. you know, so, so I think somebody There's needs a to rewrite waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, there. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, Somebody needs to rewrite it. Uh, let's move on to a question here. This comes in from Lee on Twitter. He says, what was that strange knocking noise I can hear when you're doing uh, this podcast? Is it more Premier League footballers wanting to invest in Forest Green Rovers? Yeah, I like that one, Lee. Uh, I heard that for the first time myself last week in the car. I was with my boy, Rui, and we were just listening to the podcast. It came on randomly because my, my iPad was connected to the car. You know, technology does that for you. Yeah. And, uh, and I could hear it for the first time, and I was like, oh, wow. And it was my headset. It wasn't Premier League footballers knocking on the door. But we do have another uh, celebrity shareholder to announce in the next uh, week or so. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a watch this space job. Yeah, coming soon. Uh, and, it's quite and, exciting, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. I, I, I can't wait for that. So we, we've had one big announcement in that in, in that respect. Um, and, of course, the other big news is that you do have a brand-new headset as well, which, you're, um, <laughs> That's right. which is kind of up there with the hexanews, news, frankly. It's, yeah, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're going to get a bit modern, aren't we, later as well and, and go online with this. We're currently using an ISDN box bought on eBay, uh, but we're going we're gonna to improve that. Yeah. Who's advising on this stuff over there, Dale? So boy, will, isn't it? <laughs> uh, here's a story. Scientists have found a clever new way of measuring ocean warming using sound waves from undersea earthquakes. Now, the research says the hack works because sound travels faster in warmer water. This is extraordinary. So they're able to apply the science to find out about global warming because of global warming. <laughs> That's brilliant. And using uh, undersea earthquakes as some kind of uh, sound source. Yeah, which is, which is pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I mean, what do you what do you make of the uh, again? You know, when you go back to that agenda, we talked, I think, last week when people say this is simply not true, and then somebody will send you, 
you know, the pub bore that will then say, I'll, I'll email you some graphs and they'll send you over some graphs. I never know, by the way, where these graphs come from, but they sort of seem to appear wildly um, in all sorts of places. And they say, no, it's simply not true, because if you take that number from that number and then look at the 72 figure based on the 1954 figure, you actually yeah. realise, actually, it's all getting colder. I mean, what, what, what is the answer to that when you've got yeah. top scientists talking about this? This is a team looking at sonic data in the Indian Ocean. I mean, they didn't go out there for a giggle, did they? <laughs> well, no, maybe. I hope they had fun while they're at it. But, I mean, it's lies, damn lies and statistics, isn't it? You, you can try to say what you want to with statistics, but you can't avoid the underlying facts that carbon concentrations in the atmosphere are the highest they've been in like 20 million years or something. Yeah. And 99.9% .9 of all scientists in the world agree that it's climate change and it's man-made. And then look at some of the empirical evidence, you know, the wildfires in California, areas larger than the size of Britain, you know, the kind of spontaneous combustion in Siberia, you know, the bonkers stuff that happened in Australia only a few months ago, one kind of biblical tragedy after another. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're setting the planet on fire, almost literally. Yeah, so I, I, I was looking at the Siberian story, and I mean, they, they, there's a, 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 such a problem there. It, it's because, of course, they've got rising temperatures and fires and all sorts of things going on. I mean, it's just a, a, an extraordinary... You mentioned this to somebody 20 years ago, they'd never have believed you. No, it's outrageous. And, and how anybody can look at that stuff and still say, nah, it's, it's just sunspots or it's, you know, it's all part of the natural flow of stuff, you know, something, yeah. well... Yeah, OK. Here's a question from Jem. Why do you insist on being interviewed by the sun? Uh, for such a principled person, it seems like a weird decision to me. I mean, that's, yeah. that's assuming yeah. some people don't like the sun. But. Yeah, lots of people don't like the sun, and I get that. Look, I don't insist on being interviewed by the sun, but what I don't do is turn them away. So every now and then they get in touch and say, can we talk to you about this, that or the other? And I say, yeah, because, look, they talk to millions of people. So I'll engage with them on pretty much anything they want to talk about because there's a chance to talk to their audience. It's only as simple as that. I mean, I'll talk to the Daily Mail from time to time. Yeah, I can't say I'm a big fan of what they do. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm not a big fan of what Mark Zuckerberg does. But, you know, it's about platforms. It's about reaching people. Of course it is. And, you know, if you're... I mean, there is often you know, no point in preaching to the converted. So you could just give interviews to The Guardian where you know, we are told that, and I don't think this is completely true, that you know all Guardian readers are completely au fait and, and, and on point with all of the kind of issues we talk about. But, I mean, that would be, you need to hit the audience that, that aren't aware of this kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we've got to kind of uh, reach outside our bubble and, and, and reach other people because to create the kind of change that we need to, to change the world, to get to zero carbon living and sustainability, we've got to reach the tens of millions of people in our Absolutely. country and, and the billions around the world that just don't get it. Yeah. You mentioned Facebook there. Um, another story, Facebook this week announcing it would replicate its widely used COVID-19 information centre in combating another global crisis, that of climate change. So do, do you think Zuckerberg and co are on board now? Yeah, job to know. And uh, I mean, I, I can't get past the fundamental refusal to, you know, to cut out hate speech, um, fake news and, and that kind of stuff. You know, this position they've taken on it being a form of censorship, I just think is untenable. Um, and, and I do think they're driven by commercials more than they are uh, altruistic issues. Uh, here's a question from I don't know if it's the same Lee. Because, uh, I mh. mean, if it is, I, I'm likely to maybe call the authorities. It could turn into a stalker. Um, <laughs> but Lee on Twitter says, 
Uh, what do you eat for lunch as a vegan? And don't say mushrooms because they're horrible. <laughs> His words, not mine, by the way. Yeah. I love does. a mushroom. Yeah, I quite like mushrooms. Um, sometimes I have them for breakfast. Why does uh, he pick... I don't know why he asks just lunch and not dinner or breakfast. Why, why is he intrigued by your lunch? Yeah, it's not much different all day long, really. You know, I, I eat plants, I suppose. But there's a great cafe here in Strad called Staranese uh, that I go to. And often lunch is some kind of soup, maybe sourdough bread with it. Sometimes it's a quinoa meze with roasted vegetables on top and a tahini dressing. Sometimes it's pakoras. I seem to know the menu too well, don't I? Yeah. Um, but they have great food there, and, and I go there pretty much every day. Maybe you could take Lee with you one, <laughs> one day. <laughs> No mushrooms. Uh, no mushrooms, yeah. And no stalking. Literally. And no stalk, that, definitely. That wasn't no an invitation stalk. to come looking for me in Stroud. I, I thought I heard a, a strange noise then, Dale, for a second. I thought it was your headphones crackling again. It's just something in the distance I can... There it is. It's the book bugle. <laughs> the book bugle. <laughs> the book bugle is back. Unashamed plug for the new book. I mean, it just, these things just happen. Oh. Uh, because we do get a lot of inquiries about the book, of course, which is, what, merely weeks away. Uh, yeah, it can't be long now. I think we get into um, kind of virtual events in about a month. The book is not actually available till the end of November, but yeah. I think come late October we'll we'll start the virtual eventing. For those who don't know, uh, just give us a brief synopsis, Dale. Well, it's kind of part biography, uh, really the part of my life uh, that I spent on the road being a traveller. Um, it's got the Battle of the Beanfield in it, this kind of bumping into authority. Uh, it's back in the time of the miners and Thatcher. And then this kind of uh, experience that I had in that decade, dropping back in to try and tackle climate change by building a big windmill on a hill I was living in, uh, on, sorry, in my trailer. Uh, that would have been the early 90s. And then really tracking the subsequent couple of decades uh, in business, trying to do business in a different way to bring ethics into it, mm. to repurpose capitalism, and at the same time fight climate change. The emission expanding from energy in the first place is the biggest single source of carbon emissions to include then transport and food is the second and third biggest. And arriving at a place in chapter 13 uh, that we call Manifesto, which is really a joined up vision of what it is we need to do to get to zero carbon living. And it's very uh, big picture, straightforward, uh, easy enough to do um, and detailed at the same time it's um, my favorite chapter yeah um, because it, it kind of distills all of the thinking and the talking and the doing that we've been uh, we've been up to for the last couple of decades into an action plan yeah quite cathartic to stick that all you know as we've said before on onto the page as it were yeah that's right and also uh, it's much easier to share that way so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that with the book I can I can spread the ideas uh, much further, much faster, uh, and get some pickup and uh, you sure. know, maybe see some of this turn into policy and and get people to change how they live. It's called the manifesto and it's out probably the end of November. But of course, anyone who's listening to this should be following you on social media. We'll give the details of that shortly, and that would be of course an area where you you'll be able to keep people up to date with. Uh, releases and events and virtual events and all that goes with it. We've got a very super special offer coming with the book. Uh, after chapter 13, there is a last little piece of the book um, where we unveil this new thing that we're doing. Uh, that's going to come into the world in around about the middle of October. Wow. We've got a very special thing linked to that. The book's now available for pre-order at the FGR website. Sure. Um, so there we go. I just dived in and plugged it. <laughs> 
like a you're play. getting into this broadcasting yeah. stuff as well, Doc, because that's two teases you've done now. We've got a, a oh, celebrity yeah. backer on the way and new innovation from Ecotricity to announce. It's mind-blowing, this one, by the way. I've got to say, I'm super excited. We'd be I, I'm genuinely excited about this. Like, the last time we spoke, I went away. I spent about the next three hours scratching my thing. I wonder what it is. <laughs> what could it be? I had the idea about 10 years ago. We started pursuing it about five years ago. And oh, we, wow. We've that makes it, it even even more interesting. Uh, we should kind of finish on a Trump vibe. We, we've sort of left Trump alone a little bit over the last couple of episodes. But for those who didn't see or hear... His latest entree into the world of climate change. Have a listen to this. One area of mutual agreement and priority is vegetation management. But I think we want to work with you to really recognize the changing climate and what it means to our forests and actually work together with that science. That science is going to be key because if we if we ignore that science and sort of put our head in the sand and think it's all about vegetation management, we're not going to succeed together protecting Californians. Okay, it'll start getting cooler. I you wish just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think science knows, actually. They're not always right. Scientists. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think the, the difference between scientists and uh, Trump or politicians generally is they know they're not always right and they admit when they're wrong and they change their outlook. So science has a history of updating itself and correcting itself and advancing itself politicians not so much trump definitely not i mean the man doesn't have a clue i I don't think he can actually tell right from wrong well there's a a story that a a controversial researcher who rejects climate science has been hired by the u.s (laughs) national oceanic and atmospheric administration that's the noaa for those listening at the back uh, for a senior position in a move suggesting the trump administration is asserting growing influence over the study of rising temperatures i mean what do we make of this Oh, it's just more madness, isn't it? I don't think um, it's kind of really that new from this administration. The, uh, you know, the Environment Protection Agency over there has already been stuffed full of people that don't want to protect the environment. They want to do the opposite. So I don't see it as a new move. Hopefully, yeah. it's kind of like the the death throes of a of a rabid rogue administration. Yeah, it could be just weeks away, and it's gone, of course, which is fascinating. Yeah. Awesome. A uh, couple more questions. Sue on Facebook. Uh, Dale, how on earth did you meet John Robb? Uh, you need to get him on the podcast. Explain who John Robb is first, Dale. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good question. John, uh, I think of as a kind of kindred spirit, a kind of punk rocker, mohawk wearing, kind of uh, from back in the traveller days. And I, I kind of bumped into him in, in regard to the book. Uh, we were considering writing this book at the start of the year. And I don't know. I think John got in touch with me. We had a good chat and uh, he's written a couple of books and uh, then we had the idea, well, look, he could help write this one. You know, he could be a ghostwriter for the book. It didn't turn out that way in the end, but he helped me bring the story out and uh, we've done a little bit of collaborating since. So, yeah, we should definitely get him on the show. I agree. He's a good guy. Good work. Uh, this one from Adam says, I got an ad on my profile uh, for your podcast. I listened and didn't hate it. Which is unusual for me, says Adam. He's obviously a fairly cynical character. Yeah, maybe it's unusual for Facebook ads or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they just pitch stuff at people that they they don't like or don't want. Well, yeah, well, they're normally trying to either sell you a dodgy video game or a shed, I've noticed. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that how Cameron got his? Oh, his famous <laughs> garden shed. Yeah, he's gone for the Uber shed, of course, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Dale, we will speak on the next episode, which is a week away. Nice one. Looking That's it for this week. Don't forget, of course, you can subscribe for free from your podcast providers so you can get each new episode automatically. Do make sure you leave a review too. And if you want to get in touch, you can email your comments and questions to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. Really important bit. You can also throw questions on social media. You Make sure you're following Dale on social media to twitter.com slash dalevince and facebook.com slash dalevince. And we'll see you on the next episode. Zero Carbon East Coast.